Hello, everyone. Welcome to Speak Brave Podcast with Mark Guy and my friend, John Morrow. Hello, everybody. Glad to be here with you and especially with you, Mark. Welcome, John. Welcome, everyone. I hope your day is starting off great. And I And I hope that you are ready for another learning session. Yeah, I am. In, in, in podcast. Uh, John, storytelling. Yeah. Storytelling is the focus of this episode. I know that you are... A master storyteller. Thank you. I appreciate that. You're a master storyteller. And we are both part of a nonprofit organization called Toastmasters. Yes. Toastmasters has presence in 135 countries. Something like that, yes. There's also storytelling clubs outside of Toastmasters. There's storytelling events. There's storytelling festivals that happen throughout all the seasons of um, the year. And I encourage everyone to check out Toastmasters, Storytelling Clubs, and other resources to help you become a better storyteller. Now, John, I have a question for you. Go ahead. Why learn about storytelling? That is a good question. I'm not sure you think that is? exactly how to answer it. I, mm-hmm. For me, I think storytelling seems, at least from my perspective as a speaker, mm-hmm. the best way to connect with the audience, to get mm-hmm. them into your world so that they can relate to the message you're trying to give to them. So get them to your world. Yeah, because you see, the okay. storytelling that you're telling is really based upon your personal experience. Mm-hmm. And in so much as it is, I like the idea in storytelling of being able to right. get the people to come inside mm-hmm. to the message and see and feel it the way you feel it, through the right. imagery, through the language, right. through the mental pictures that it creates. Right. Okay, I like that. I also, this is a joke that comes from Darren LaCroix. Are you familiar with Darren LaCroix? Oh, very much yeah. so, yeah. Darren LaCroix won the World Championship of Public Speaking, I believe it was 2001. Mm-hmm. It was about 16 years ago, 16, 17 years ago. He said, when your kids come up to you, nobody, nobody is saying, please tell her, like, daddy or mommy, please tell me a PowerPoint presentation. <laughs> that would be weird. Uh, I think, what do kids want? They want stories. That's right. Tell me a story. Tell me a story. And I believe that a lot of times in corporate world, uh, presenters or anyone who is part of the team is are afraid of telling stories. And they shouldn't be. Even in the sales business. Yeah. Testimonials are stories. Stories of the lessons learned, mm-hmm. or the benefits achieved mm-hmm. and received. Mm-hmm. So the story is an important component in the good news and the message mm-hmm. or in the good advice. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And so thank you for talking about storytelling with us and with me because I want to get started on it. And, uh, an independent um, view later on is it's coming from a Craig Valentine. He is uh, another speak- world champion of public speaking, by the way. He won World Championship of Public Speaking in 1999. He travels around the world, around the country, talks about the how to construct a better story. He's also a highly paid speaker. And one of the models that he created is he, in his paid course called Secrets of Storytelling. And we're going to touch upon the template that everyone can use to become a better storyteller. Would you like to know about that template? Yeah, I absolutely would. Okay. Um, now, this, this template is not necessarily one size fits all where you just uh, take this model and apply it to all stories but rather don't just take our word for it learn it study it meditate it and then apply it as needed to your storytelling in the future because 
any story can be improved. Any story. It doesn't matter who says it, when, or why. I will absolutely agree with that statement. You're correct. Okay. So you, you ready to get started? I am ready. Okay. Let's, let's do that. Number one, um, how do you construct the story? Let's, let's focus on, on, on this. Uh, all right. On this. How do, you, uh, how do you construct the story? First of all, you have to create curiosity. Mm-hmm. Isn't that right? Well, obviously, people... Well, okay, help me understand a little bit uh-huh. better. Curiosity, are we talking about my curiosity as a storyteller, or are we talking about the individual with whom you're going to give the story to? Mm, this is a good question, John. One of the challenges that I've seen speakers or storytelling who are starting out or in sometime in their career, they, they have thoughts like this. You know, the story... It's kind of, it's interesting to me, but I'm not sure if it's, it's interesting to others. And a lot of times, storytellers cut themselves or sell themselves short or not really participating fully in speaking because they think nobody's interested in my story. It's just so boring. It's just so not interesting. And when you have that kind of attitude, it will become boring. It will become heavy. Um, I also understand that in order to create a story that is compelling, it's a process. Don't shortcut the process. Right. Allow, allow ideas to flow. And as you become a master storyteller, when you tell your story over and over and over and over again in different circumstances and venues, the boring stuff, the boring parts will fall off. And you find something that called the economy of words. You will find, your brain will find one word that can replace 10. And that one word will be able to give color to your scene and to move the story forward. I'm already liking this because it's kind of like a painter painting a, on a blank canvas exactly. and creating color with, and then <laughs> creating image. I'm, 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 ex- I'm very happy you said that because as a storyteller, I do want to make sure that audience understands the mind is the most powerful tool mm-hmm. we have as a storytellers but also as audience members. Right. Now, as a storyteller, you are a leader. You are on stage talking about an idea mm. or experience or something that bonds us together. However, there's a danger in providing too much detail. What I'd rather offer you as a possibility is you are a storyteller, you are a painter, you have a brush. You take the brush and you just touch the canvas with a brush and let the audience fill in the rest of the details. Because when you open, you take away the imagination, the joy of ah. audiences creating their own worlds in their own mind. You know, that's not an easy thing to do. Right. You, you're right. And I agree with you too. Telling a story can become a bit mundane and worn because you're spending way too much time on the details and less time on those flashes of color and those splashes of delightful words Mm -hmm. that just throw their minds wide open. So what if they're thinking in different Mm -hmm. colors and Mm -hmm. different... I love them. For example, one of the things you can say is... um, for example, I tell a story about smoking or about mm-hmm. speaking up or about uh, loss and resilience right. and, finding, and kindness. And a lot of times when I speak, I can describe a room and say, this is a 
a kitchen or this is a two-bedroom apartment. Yep. And when I say that, the minds of the audience will search their internal catalog library of all the kitchens they've ever been to. Mm -hmm. Those so, images will just pop right up in our heads. That's right. And then we ask them, okay, what, what is the color on the walls in that kitchen? Somebody will say blue. Somebody will say orange. Somebody will say purple. What is the color of the cabinets? Some will say cherry, oak, hickory. I didn't have to say that. All I did, I said, I stayed in this kitchen in this two-bedroom apartment on the outskirts of town. And you will find a way to paint the picture with just that information. Yeah. I'm, I'm a guidepost. I'm, I'm the uh, guru. Not the guru, but rather I'm a sh Sherpa. A Sherpa, yes. A Sherpa. Because one of the most important things you have to focus on in your storytelling is do not become the guru of your story, but I'll be a guide. Yes. And point the way. Point the way. Create an environment. They'll, make, the, they'll make their own landscape. Exactly. Give color to the scene, mm -hmm. but let them paint the rest. Yeah. Using and, their own mental Exactly. Pictures. And I love this discussion, John, because I know there's a lot of experience between us. You are very strong in storytelling. What I rather like to do is focus on the template mm -hmm. because this template is gold. You know, it's, it's, it's the gold that you can use to become a better storyteller. And one of the first things... You, you have a responsibility to present your message in such a gift-wrapped package that people will say, yes, I love this. I love this story because you took the time to create curiosity. Now, why is curiosity important? You, John, have read the book Made to Stick. Yes. Right? Made to Stick is a popular book. It's um, Skipping Dan Heath. I mean, Chip and Dan Heath, two yes. great writers. Yeah, exactly. And it's a bestseller, New York Times bestseller. Mm -hmm. And it's used. I have a copy of it. I do as well. And it's a nice color on the, on, the, on the cover, which you like probably. It's my color orange. Okay. And this book is required reading in business schools in the United States. I can see why it is, having read it. Yeah. yeah. It's about communication. It's about spreading ideas, about getting your message across in a way that is effective and sticky. Now, Dan and Chip Heath, in their model, how to make thing, um, made to sticks, they have this success model, right? Which is simple, unexpected, credible, concrete, concrete uh, emotional, emotional, and stories. Stories. Stories is, is the two S's. That's right. S apostrophe S. Yes. Now, in that book, they, they talk about unexpectedness. Mm -hmm. Why is unexpectedness so important? Because it's a hook. It's a hook. It's a twist. It's a wrinkle. It is something that creates novelty in our mm -hmm. mind. Because our mind craves something new, delicious, marvelous, unexpected. Because that is something out of ordinary. Yeah, we've heard we, the phrase, same old, same old. And we don't want that when we tell stories. Exactly. You want a twist. You want, you want, some, you want to have something that audience is not expecting. Because mm -hmm. if you do, you create what? You create curiosity. curiosity, then they want to know more. They want to know more. And as a storyteller, it's work. You have to think about it. What is the best way to create curiosity? You don't have to say it right away. You can start with a question. You can start with a question. You say, have you ever? And then continue with that. Mm -hmm. Because when you say, have you ever, it's a, it's a STEM question. Yes. It, it goes deep into your subconscious. That's what I used in my I never noticed. Yes. I said, have you ever 
And have you I went ever? Into the story about the fuel yeah, pump. It's a question, and because when you ask the question of the audience, you allow the audience to think about it for a moment, mm-hmm. and then honor that silence, honor that yeah. the gravity of your question. Because if you do, you allow the audience to catch up with you. Because if you mm-hmm. walk over their yeah. thoughts, or laughter, or thinking, I believe you create disconnection. Yes. So create curiosity first. That's number one. Right. Okay. So yes. there you, we have curiosity. Okay. Did, did you did you want to, to add something? No, not at all. Okay. I'm just eager to move on and see now. They've got the curiosity. Okay. Then we have to create a circumstance. Where are we? What are we doing? Um, are we just, uh, are we on the beach? Are we in the kitchen? Are we going, are we in the army? Are we in a helicopter? And is it something that the, the audience board? can relate to? Yes. Something that we can relate to. One of the biggest obstacles that I've seen aspiring storytellers share with me is that they're looking for sensational or Ah. extraordinary. And I believe that's not necessarily always the best option. One of the best options you can do is you don't have to be sensational. Just be sincere. And that comes from Mark Brown, 1995 world champion of public speaking. You don't have to be sensational. Just be sincere. Mark is very sincere. Yeah. I've had the pleasure of talking with him in a one-on-one situation where he gave me some very, very great advice a few years yeah. back. And the sincerity in him translates into everything he does, but especially mm-hmm. into his storytelling. Mm-hmm. And also, Greg Valentine says, you don't have to be special, just similar. Yeah, exactly. Because, because if you cre- put yourself on a pedestal, it will be very difficult to relate I'm to you. I'm glad you said that. Don't be special. Be no. similar. Yeah. I'm glad you said that because the biggest problem speakers have, I've seen, particularly those mm-hmm. who aren't as skilled in the art of the story and the art of mm-hmm. connectivity or creating mm-hmm. relationships in their speeches, mm-hmm. is that they're sitting there talking about, okay, I'm the authority on this. And yes. You, and they're speaking yes. as an authoritarian. Well, you have to speak with, with, but, with a portion of authority, with a measure. But, but the greater thing that appeals to the audience is the fact that there's a sense of camaraderie. I can see you. You can create yeah. some rapport with the audience mm-hmm. by letting them understand you're walking in a path very similar to a path that they're walking in. And so we can be friends. This isn't just about a speech anymore. This is yeah. about people who understand in similar fashion the details of the story I'm sharing and they can connect their life to it. Exactly. I also, this is very important, don't be special, be similar. Yes. Don't have to be sensational, just be sincere. Mm -hmm. One of the greatest resource materials that I ever come across in my search to be a persuasive communicator comes from Robert Cialdini. Robert Cialdini in 1980s wrote a book called Influence. It is the bestseller, and it is also part of the uh, business curriculum in a lot of business schools. Mm-hmm. He since that time wrote another book which came out last year, Persuasion, which is a sequence or sequel follow-up to Influence. Now, Influence is data-driven and based on real empirical evidence how to be more persuasive. Robert Cialdini talks about if you want to do business, connect with people and do it in an authentic way. We know this concept of know, like, trust. You know someone, you like them, and you trust them. But then Cialdini goes a little bit further. 
if you want to be an effective salesperson or an effective persuader of anything, whether it's in sales, business, politics, nonprofit, people buy or connect with or do business with people who are similar to them. Mm -hmm. Now, I have an accent. You don't. You may have an accent that's come from uh, the southern part of the United States. However, you find and you create similarities with almost everyone you meet. There's a phrase I've heard, would it apply here in sales sometimes or when talking with people on the phone Mm -hmm. or with a group, you create something of a mirroring effect where you tend to blend with the personality and the colloquialisms and the societal form of the group. You find commonalities with your prospects. And you create more comfort between you as a result. Yes, you create the space of commonality. And that is not a malicious or manipulative technique, but rather it is a tool. And also I think it can be perceived as showing respect for the audience. Exactly. So what's what's the... What's the rationale of me talking about this? No like trust. We know that. But let's go a little bit beyond it and find similarities. And this is very important for storytelling. Don't be sensational. Be sincere. Don't be special. Be similar. Find a way to create an experience that your audience will connect and relate with you. Because if you don't, they will let you know. And you will not succeed. That's key. That's the circumstance. Would you be... Is that oh, I know what it is okay when yeah. you stand up before yeah. a group and all you're doing is giving them point one, point two, point three, and you're saying this is what you must do. Yeah. Where they connect with you is when you talk to them from the feel, felt, found approach. Where exactly. I know how you feel. Yeah. I what felt is, the same way, and this is what I found works for me. And I like this. Um, the the words that you use, what would you use again? Feel, feel, felt, found. That's perfect. I hope people take notes because this is a full session of this podcast this is this is this is the um, high quality material based on research that you have done and mm-hmm. I have done as well one of the if you have if you struggle to create similarity between you and your audience go back to that place in your life that was is could have been or you have experienced darkness go to that place in your life where you do not want to go go to that place in your life that makes you uncomfortable Mm -hmm. because that's gold. If you found a way out or somebody took your hand and helped you work through the darkness, through uncomfort, through failures, first frustrations, that is gold. That will help you create circumstances and characters in your story that you will connect with your audience. Mm -hmm. Because we're not in a business of making people comfortable. We are in a business of sharing ideas, planting seeds in people's thinking so they can change their lives. That is the key. I already noticed another theme on this uh, flowchart that you brought to us, yes, this yes, yes, pattern, yes. and that yes. it all of these begin with the letter C. And I like that because it gives you yeah. a template in which to understand yeah. The flow, and uh-huh. so it, it uh-huh. it's it's not an acronym, but it is a simplification using yeah. a key 
letter. Exactly. In this case. So so far everything makes sense. Well, of course, you yeah. you, you begin with the curiosity, curiosity and you continue. You, you start the, the circumstance yeah. and you paint in the characters that are part of the circumstance and those you characters find similarities. give you connectivity to, go to the, the people. place you're not yeah. comfortable. Yeah. Right. To go to the first failures and flaws mm-hmm. and frustrations, and be willing to go to the dark place to show. Yes. Okay. I, show vulnerability. This is what I've been to. Yeah. But and in that, almost yeah. in, invariably, there are going to be people there that can pick up and relate to your story, and they're going to say, "Hey, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I'm identifying with this person." And if you make that kind of a connection, mm-hmm. now you're headed towards an even more exciting moment in the presentation. Exactly. The the, the final thing I want to say about circumstances, characters is. Craig Valentine has this interesting mnemonic that you mm-hmm. can use. When you re- starting, you, when you at the outset of your story create something he calls tap, tease, and transport. Tap, tease, transport. Tap, tap te- with a question. Okay, tap. Tease. This is what's coming. That's really like bringing them in. Transport. Go to the scene create the scene and now, the tease creates the curiosity exactly tap tease transport that's your beginning it's a start now when you create a scene in every story don't think of it as a oh you know i don't know i have to think about what what, what what's the color of the room color of the house color of the car of the clothing think about it in different ways um, there is this method called check the vax v-a-k-s check the vax for example let's set a scene in one of my speeches i talk about going to see a smoke whisperer Mm -hmm. (laughs) okay v stands for visual what do you see what do other people see visual a auditory what do you hear what do other people hear vax k kinesthetic what do you feel? What do other people feel? Mm. What does it feel like to be in the scene? And S, smell or olfactory. So it actually utilizes senses. Exactly. Something it, that I talk about. Exactly. The power of the senses to be able to create mm-hmm. and inspire. Exactly. So what you intrigue. When you create a scene, check the vax. Mm-hmm. And also... Visual. I, auditory. Auditory, kinesthetic, kinesthetic and smell. smell. It's olfactory. But vako does not sound as attractive as vax. So check the vax. Furthermore, invite the audience into your scene. Absolutely. Ask them, if you were sitting right there next to us, you would see this. And also vary your approach. If you have seen us or it may have looked like, create a way that is very subtle to invite your audience into the scene. Because that way they take ownership of that story in that scene. So let's continue. We have curiosity, circumstance, characters, check the facts, and then we come into a conflict. Conflict is important. Do you think it's important in the stories, um, John, and why? Or well, do you think it's not if, I'm, if, I'm, if I'm understanding mm-hmm. with conflict uh-huh. in the story, it has to do with what, it, how it affected me. The conflict it created within me, the conflict that it presented to me, and can there be a connectivity to the audience to understand that same type of a conflict, and they can feel it as well? Right. Conflict is some. It's raising the stakes. 
Yeah. It's raising the stakes. Let's think of a movie, Titanic. Have you seen it? Oh, yes. Okay. More than once. Oh, me too. I, I think it's, it's, it's an amazing piece. It is, especially the piece, Academy yeah. Award winner. There have yeah. been many, but yeah. many of those reasons, right. but that last version with Leonardo DiCaprio and That's Kate Winslet represents oh, yeah. probably one of the finest. Yeah, it, 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 it's well done. It's all, it's, there's curiosity, there's circumstance, there's characters, there's conflict. Mm-hmm. Conflict in Titanic, there's many subplots yes. and, and others, but right. if the water didn't rise on the Titanic, would that be a good conflict? Would that be a good movie? If it didn't rise? No, if the water didn't rise, it would negate the entire story that's, as to its central premise. That's a conflict. That is a conflict. Isn't it? Yeah. In the story that I talk about smoking, I talk about experiencing serious health problems. Mm-hmm. That's a conflict. That's a conflict. And it's not just a conflict. It's an escalation. Right. Every time you create a story, conflict will be there. You as a storyteller are responsible to escalate, exacerbate and raise the stakes. Now, I've never heard the, that before, but that's an amazing statement. You must escalate, exacerbate, and elevate the stakes as high as you can tolerate, and also keeping the emotional truth of the message in your story. A lot of times I've seen speakers come up to me and say, okay, well, this is what happened, but I'm not sure I can say this. I say, okay, number one, this event, this scene, this story, may have happened to you 20 years ago, 40 years ago, five years ago, five days ago. Depending how long it took, you may not be in that emotional state anymore. However, it's a lesson. It's a guide. It's a journey that you went through, and that's valuable. That's gold, and people need to hear it. As you construct your story, when you create a conflict, you can, you must, you have responsibility to keep the emotional truth intact. You may not be there emotionally anymore. You not, may, may not be the same person, but you have to honor the emotional truth of that event. That can be a conflict for you if you don't have that emotion anymore. Well, you, you don't have to act. You can relive. Yeah. You can so it's relive. not regurgitation. No, no. It's reliving. It's, it's, yes, I do say that sometimes it's not comfortable to go to that place. Don't act. You don't have to act. No. We live that and mm-hmm. escalate the conflict to illustrate the emotional truth. And if it's deep in the image of us and yeah. it's in our psyche and everything, yes. reliving it will be your, a risky thing to do because of the darkness that it right. represents. But right. now you can approach it with a much more straightforward yet vivid, powerful, compelling message to the listeners so that they can begin to sense in their own mind and that's the thing i like to honor the right of the audience Mm -hmm. to perceive it and to feel it Mm -hmm. as they want to feel it based upon their personal experience yeah and keep in mind throughout this whole process don't be special be similar Mm -hmm. remember no like trust similarity will always get you in the door yeah and then it's up to you what you can do with it afterwards so as we move along, as you create your story, you will feel that maybe there's too many details. Or maybe this particular word or dialogue does not fit. I want to bring a mirror to the storyteller and tell them and share them a quote that comes from Stephen King, famous American author. He said, 
You know who who it is, right? Oh, Stephen King. Yes. He he wrote Kill Your Babies. Kill your babies. I haven't heard that. Okay. What does that mean? Yeah, what does that mean? <laughs> that means as a storyteller, as somebody who lived, experienced and came out out of that event, we feel that we want to talk about this and this conflict and this happened, this detail. A lot of times it's too much detail. And if you pardon the expression, kill your babies, you just focus on this on on what is relevant. Because when you focus on what's relevant, it will move your story forward. You have to be the biggest editor of your own work. And that's what Stephen King said. Kill your babies. Not everything that has have happened must end up in a story. Well, that makes po- a sense, too, from a writing perspective. Right. And I've even seen the term edit uh, when you watch a program like Project Runway where... Yes young designers are creating these beautiful works of art for people to walk down the runway with. But sometimes in telling their story through their design, they over-design. And I've often heard Tim Gunn, who is, of course, a brilliant and knowledgeable man when it comes to the beauty of fine tailoring and creation of garments. He says, sometimes you need an eye for editing Mm-hmm. Because you can have too much going on, yeah. and it becomes muddled and confused. Yeah. So this is a good point. Well, finally, I do want to make sure. What is your message? Mm-hmm. If you look at the word mess, it's two words. Mess with an H. If you allow and be disciplined and clarify and, and re. Kill your babies. This is the last time I'm going to say it. You allow your message to take form. If you go through the process, remove the unnecessary details, check the vax, check the curiosity, create circumstance, create characters, create, escalate, exacerbate conflict, your story will become stronger, more clear, and more compelling. And that's one of the starting points for your storytelling. I know that we're coming up to the end of this podcast. Oh my goodness. And we still have yet to talk about half of this template. So I will invite the audience to tune in next week for the part two of leading with storytelling. Okay. Because this is a topic, even if you've been telling stories for years, and you can spin your wheels and try to reinvent the wheel, and you can. This template is could serve as a check mark. I like it. And that can serve and help you and elevate your storytelling to All the next level. All of us need structure. Structure gives you organization, credibility, and that is part of being an influential leader. Yes. I would want to close with this. This is a story, a quote that comes from a famous, I call him self-improvement messiah. I'll tell you who it is. Who? Let me say the quote first. Any man's or woman's story, if told in honest, unadorned, sincere way, is the most entertaining. It is sure, and if it's told without self, without offending egotism, will create a surefire speech material. Dale Carnegie. Oh, I did not know that. <laughs> and he's absolutely right. Don't be special. 
be similar. Create a similarity bond between you and your audience. And tune in next week because we will talk about the cure, the emotional change, how to have conversations, how to have a dialogue, not narration, because dialogue moves the story forward. How to have carry out callbacks so you can drive the message, do it in a way that is memorable and can change people's lives. And I cannot wait to share this information with you and the audience. Thank you for spending the time with me, John. Thank you for investing 30 minutes of your life. My pleasure. And subscribe to Speak Brave Podcast on SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes, anywhere the music is sold or heard. Share it with your friends. And I hope to see you next time. And don't forget to speak brave.